Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 11th, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. I have two new videos up on the blog, and I'm sure it won't surprise you that they are related to the Kabuki Warriors. So, as you probably know by now, uh, the Kabuki Warriors, Kairi Sane and Asuka, won the Women's Tag Team Championships at the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, they beat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And, you know, the match was announced at the last minute, like on Sunday afternoon, for God's sakes. So when during the broadcast, during the entrances, Michael Cole and Corey Graves are, ta- are talking about the match negatively, that's on the WWE, not the wrestlers, Okay. Of course, there should have been a build to this match, but the WWE chose not to do that. It was stupid. So, you know, most of the show from last Sunday was announced the day of the show. That's one of the reasons the show itself was pretty mediocre for the most part. There were a couple of matches that were pretty good. The um, um, uh, Becky versus um, Sasha and also uh, this match here was pretty good. But other than that, a lot of the matches seemed like they could have been on an episode of Raw. And of course, the main event was a big mess. But, um, you know, this, this is the problem. To, to, to have your, your broadcasters blame the wrestlers, it's really, that's foul, okay? That's a foul ball. So, anyway, I'm sure, as I said, you know, I'm sure you know by now that the Kabuki Warriors won and are now the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Now, the other good news is that it looks like the Kabuki Warriors are turning heel, okay? You know, know, Kyrie has never been a heel before. You know, she was never a heel in stardom. Never been a heel before, so she needs to get into it. Asuka's style is well-suited for her to be a heel. She... She seemed to have a lot of fun with this match. She, she's really, really good. And I'm sure you know as well that the ending was a big surprise when Asuka blew the legendary green mist to get the win over Nikki. And of course, they also had a callback to an earlier match between these two teams when Asuka dragged Kyrie to her corner for the tag. Now, so the, the end went like this. While Nikki hits a clothesline on Asuka, Alexa takes out Kyrie on the floor. That is enough to distract Nikki. Asuka sprays her with the mist and pins her after a head kick. Now Graves proceeds to evoke memories of the great Muda. But I'm pretty sure that Tajiri taught Asuka the green mist when she worked for Smash in 2011. Now Fit Finley worked there too, so Asuka using the mist may have been his idea. Okay, people don't realize how long Asuka and Fit Finley have known each other, but it's been for a long time. So, anyway, has she ever? Did she ever use the mist in Japan? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I seem to recall her using it uh, uh, in JWP a couple of times. Uh, Hanako Nakamori or Risa Nakajima got sprayed. You know. Anyways, it was a nice surprise finish, and I think uh, uh, people liked it. So, Asuka. Uh, it was a nice surprise finish. So it looks like Asuka put the balloon in her mouth during the distraction. I mean, that's how they do it. They take green food coloring, put it in a balloon, and at some point she puts it in her mouth. And to me, it looked like um, it was just before. 
uh, just while well, the distraction was going on. So we'll see if the WWE will turn the Kabuki Warriors full-blown heel. I mean, it looks like they have. And um, okay, and so we also so we have that match there up on the blog, the video, and the set, uh, this followed on Raw with a match between the Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. They called it a championship showcase or some nonsense like that. And really, the whole deal is. With the draft starting tonight on SmackDown, the match is a bit of a time waster. So we don't know who will be on what show. Um, and, you know, we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, we won't know completely until Monday. All right, we'll start, start to find out tonight. So the way this, this worked is that the Kabuki Warriors came out to heckle Charlotte and Becky while they are on Miz TV. Okay. And um, yes, they heckled them in Japanese. And in fact, Asuka was speaking in an Osaka dialect and Kairi was speaking in a Kansai dialect, which that's the regions that they're from. So not only were they speaking Japanese, they were speaking in dialects that most of the Japanese don't know. <laughs> and what were they saying? They were heckling them. That's... That's what they were doing. They were heckling them. But uh, um, you, you, the other thing you'll notice is that Kyrie is wearing a black t-shirt over her usual gear. And it just shows you how last minute the decision to turn them heel was made. Because she actually had new gear uh, for Sunday. And so, anyway. The, the match itself was more even than it seems because Charlotte was getting clobbered during the commercial break. So the end comes when Becky gets the disarmor on Kyrie and Asuka sprays Becky and Kyrie rolls her up for the win. Now, I saw some complaining that Asuka missed with the mist. Jeez, do, do I have to explain everything to you guys? I mean, look, the art of spraying the mist is she's not supposed to spray it into her eyes. But she did it properly because it's actually supposed to spray it so it kind of goes down a little bit. And it does, it's not supposed to go in her eyes. She did it properly, but the camera angle made it look bad. And now on Sunday, if you noticed, it was shot from the side to hide, to hide that. Now you can see in the video, they tried two angles and neither was particularly effective. Now, now, afterwards, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross make, make the save, um, you know. And so now we have, uh, so like I said, both of those videos are up on the blog. And, and now we have the draft. Okay, so what's going to happen with the draft? All right, well, I don't know the answer to that question. All right, and I'm not going to try and answer it. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is one of the things we don't know yet is the story on the women's tag team champion championships is they were supposed to be defended on all three shows, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Now, we don't know yet if that's still the case, okay? I, I, I think they should... Now, when you're dealing with these two, with Asuka and, and Kyrie. I mean, they're so, they're so versatile, especially Asuka. 
Asuka can do whatever needs to be done in the ring. Anything is possible, okay? She can do whatever is necessary. She doesn't care. So you can be sure that she can put together matches, whether it's on Raw, whether it's on SmackDown, even NXT. And now, since uh, the, the um, women's tag titles were started, they haven't been defended at NXT, right? Well, I actually would like to see, the, see it remain the way it is, where uh, Asuka and Kyrie defend the titles at all, on all three shows. And uh, one of the things I wouldn't mind seeing is have them go to NXT, hang out with Io Shirai, and they can cause a lot of havoc down there. And I also noticed uh, uh, Casey Catanzaro uh, uh, posted, uh, posted on Twitter that she'd like to challenge the tag team champs. Who did she say she wanted to form a team with? The girl, they've given her some weird new name, but she used to be known as Lacey Lane. And, you know, those two are pretty athletic. So, I mean, that would be a lot of athleticism in one ring with those four, you know, because all four of them are capable of doing a lot of things, doing a lot of things. So I wouldn't mind seeing a match like that. And, you know, we don't know yet. They haven't said. I mean, they're, they're talking about having uh, different wrestlers on different shows. Maybe some of the tag teams will be split up. We don't really know at this point how, they're, how that's going to work. And, and the thing is, uh, the, the wild card with the, the Kabuki Warriors is they were supposed to be able to defend all three, uh, the title on all three shows. So we don't know yet about that. I mean, we'll let you know. I don't know if they're going to be on TV tonight, but I imagine they will be pretty soon. Okay. Like I said, don't forget to check out those two videos. They are definitely worth a look. All right, so we have a UFC show this uh, tomorrow. It's at uh, uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 19. Uh, that's at the Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. And that's going to start at 5 p.m. Uh, the prelims... Uh, most of the show, I guess, is going to be on ESPN Plus in the U.S. In Canada, the early prelims are on uh, UFC Fight Pass, and the show itself is on TSN. Okay, so, of course, the main event of this show is Joanna Rejicic versus Michelle Watterson at Strawweight. And, of course, the likelihood is whoever wins this match could very well get a, a title shot. A shot at Willy Zhang. Okay, so a couple of days ago, there was a report out of Brazil that Joanna told the UFC last week that she wasn't going to be able to make weight. Okay, and we heard all kinds of different scenarios. It really doesn't matter anymore because the bottom line is she did make weight. Okay, and so who the hell knows what was really going on? But Joanna is very adept at playing head games, so it would not surprise me in the least if that's exactly what she was doing, okay? But the bottom line is she made weight. Michelle, I figured she'd make weight, so I wasn't concerned about that. But uh, really, it's one of those things where, where I don't know if we'll ever know the whole story, 
about what happened or whether somebody's making stuff up or my most likely scenario on this is Joanna was playing head games, okay? Because that's something she's known to do. Uh, as far as the match itself, uh, uh, the, the big problem that Michelle has is she is an atom weight trying to fight at straw weight. And, um, you know, it, it really depends on Joanna in a lot of cases. Uh, for the last few fights, you know, Joanna has lost her last couple of fights. And uh, the bottom line on Joanna in recent fights is she's not who she used to be. Uh, when she was champ, uh, she was punching harder. Uh, now she's a little bit more of a points fighter. And, and I think there's some concern on her part in breaking her hand or something like that. And, um, you know, it really depends. Uh, Joanna, if she goes out and is the old Joanna and she dominates the fight, great. If she doesn't do that, there is a possibility that Michelle could eke out a win. I don't think Michelle can, can finish her. You know, maybe on the ground, okay? But Joanna's uh, takedown defense has always been pretty stellar. So I, I just don't see that happening. But um, really, Joanna is much bigger than Michelle. So uh, that could very well be the main factor on, in this match. But, uh, you know, I would expect Joanna to be the favorite here, and she should be. All right. So the other fight that's uh, also at strawweight and is on the main card is Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Rebus. Now, of course, Mackenzie, Mackenzie is a um, BJJ whiz. Uh, she uh, is just coming back from uh, having a baby. She had her daughter like uh, four months ago. And so uh, it's usually the kid when somebody's come off a long layoff like that, you know, she could be the same fighter. She could be a different fighter. But her MO is her ground game. Her striking is, in my opinion, not up to par. Uh, Amanda Rebus was supposed to make her UFC, uh, was supposed to be uh, fighting for the last three years, but she got n nailed on a drug suspension. And so uh, we'll just have to see what she's like. Uh, we haven't seen her in a while either. So that's uh, true in both cases. Uh, Amanda is supposed to be an elite fighter, but we'll see how she does with McKenzie. McKenzie is a tough draw for her, in my opinion. Okay, the third women's fight on this show will lead off the show. It'll be on the Fight Pass prelims. It'll be at flyweight. J.J. Aldrich versus Lauren Mueller. And um, uh, the deal here is that uh, J.J. is uh, got the same uh, coach as Rose Namahunas, and that's... Uh, um, uh, I've forgotten his name now, but it's in Colorado. It doesn't really matter. Anyways, the thing that she's got going for is with J.J., is she's got a really good coach, okay? She's got a really good coach, but she's not that good, okay? We saw this in her loss to Macy Barber, where she actually looks like she won the first round, but she, you know, it was good strategy that was given to her, and she really couldn't make the strategy work over three rounds. And really, the problem with her basically is she's a points fighter, and if she comes across somebody who's got other skills, she's gonna have trouble, okay? Lauren Mueller is somebody who, who started out in the uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. She's lost two fights in a row, and uh, she really needs to bounce back here. And so she's going to want to get a finish out of this. And uh, she's capable of that, but uh, she hasn't looked particularly good in her last two fights, and uh, hopefully she will look good in this fight. Um, I actually favor for her because I think she's a better, a better fighter 
than um, than um, uh, JJ. So that's um, uh, that's um, tonight. That's tomorrow night on, uh, um, like I said, uh, ESPN Plus in the U.S. in Canada. Most of the shows on in TSN and the early prelims are on UFC Fight Pass. And I'll be back Sunday with the fights from uh, those show from that show. Okay, we got one new fight announcement, and uh, that is uh, yesterday. C.C. Legaspi of Millennio in Mexico reported that Ketlin Vieira versus Irene Aldana has been added to UFC 245 December 14th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now, this fight could be for the next bantamweight title shot. Ketlin is 28 years old from Brazil. Her record is 10-0, and she's 4-0 in the UFC. She trains at Nova Unia. Now, the last time we saw her, she beat Kat Zingano by split decision on March 3rd, 2018. Then she had reconstructive knee surgery. So this is her first fight uh, returning from that. So we'll see what she is like. But if she's as good as new, she's an elite fighter. All right. Irene is 31 years old from Mexico. She trains with Alexa Grasso at Lobo. Her record is 11-5 and 4-3 and in the UFC. She's a points fighter. She's a striker. She has no ground game whatsoever. Um, you know, she's won her last couple of fights, but this is a big step up in competition for Irene, okay? She hasn't beaten anyone who is anywhere near as good as Ketlin. So if Ketlin is as good as she was before her surgery, she shouldn't have much trouble with Irene. And remember, if something goes wrong with the Bantamweight Championship match, one of these two could fill in, probably Ketlin, I would imagine. Um, okay, so uh, we also have uh, an, an Invicta show. Uh, Invicta announced the full card for Invicta FC 38, which will air November 1, 8 p.m. on UFC Fight Pass. So this show will have two championship matches. The first will have Vanessa Porto defend her Invicta Flyweight Championship against Karina Rodriguez. So Vanessa is 35 years old from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Her record is 20 and 8 and 6 and 4 in Invicta. And this will be her first title defense. Vanessa won by decision uh, after she was poked in the eye by Pearl Gonzalez. Now, she would have won that fight anyway. She was that's that's how they did it when the fight was stopped. Uh, it, it went off of the judges' scorecards and she won it, she was winning anyway. Okay? Now, Vanessa is on a three-fight winning streak, but the opposition has been subpar. And, I, and look, I'm not sure Karina is any better than who she's beaten so far. She's 40, 34 years old from Mexico. She trains with Alexa Grasso at Lobo. Her record is 8-3 and three and 4-1 and one in Invicta. Now, her opposition has also been subpar. And like Alexa, Karina is a points fighter. I just don't see her outpointing a seasoned veteran like Vanessa, and Karina is not a finisher, okay? So again, you have somebody who doesn't finish, and she's going to try and get through five rounds with a veteran fighter, you know, it's just not going to happen, all right? So uh, now, in the other title match, we'll have uh, uh, Kanako Murata versus Emily Ducote for the Invicta uh, Strawweight Championship, which is currently vacant. So Kanako is 26 years old from Japan. 
Her record is 10-1 and 1-0 and in Invicta. She was a wrestler at Nihon University when Olympic champ Saori Yoshida recruited her to Ryzen. Now, because Ryzen's emphasis is on atom weight, they have loaned Kanako to Invicta. Now, I think Emily is a step up in competition for her because in a lot of cases in Japan, the competition is not at the highest level, okay? They got to bring, like, in, especially in the case of Kanako, where they have to bring in foreigners for her because they really don't have much in the way of, all they got is atom weights these days, folks. They really don't have much in the way of straw weights or uh, any other weight class. It's really atom weight. Yeah, so, and she can't cut to atom weight. Okay? Now, uh, Emily uh, is 25 years old from Oklahoma City. She went four and four as a flyweight in Bellator. Now, she has dropped a straw weight and won her first Invicta fight. Look, she's getting a title shot because she fought on TV. So people supposedly know who, fans supposedly know who she is. So I, I just feel like one win should not get her a title shot. Okay, and I could say the same thing about Kaneko, except there may be limits as to what they can do with her because they're borrowing her from Ryzen. Okay, all right, let's look at the rest of the show. In a strawweight bout, Mallory Martin will face Cynthia Arcio. Mallory is 25 years old from Colorado. Uh, her record is 5-2. The last time we saw her, she won a fight on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, but she didn't get a contract. She is 2-1 in Invicta. She's nothing special, right? Cynthia is 29 years old from El Paso, Texas. Her record is 5-1-1, all in King of the Cage. This is her Invicta debut. Okay. In a flyweight bout, Shana Young will face Maiju Sotama. Uh, I would describe both fighters as retreads. Shanna is 28 years old from Knoxville, Tennessee. Her record is 6-2. She was a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series loser. Uh, Maiju is 33 years old from Finland. Her record is 8-4. We saw her lose to Misha Tate in Strike Force in 2010. So Shanna beat Maiju in a Phoenix Series exhibition bout. So I don't think either fighter should be fighting on TV. Okay? So they're just... I don't think either of them is all that good, all right? All right, uh, they announced that Shiana, what's her nickname, Yaya Rincon will face an opponent to be announced at featherweight. Now, she trains with Aspen Ladd at MMA Gold. She's 2-0, and she's looked good in her fight so far. I just don't know who the opponent is yet. Now, in a bantamweight bout, Lisa Versoza will face Carrie Kennison. We've seen Lisa as Lisa Spengler. She is 23 years old from Portland, Oregon. She is a Josh Barnett student. Her record is 4-0 and 2-0 in Invicta. Carrie is 33 years old from Hookset, New Hampshire. Her record is 3-1 and she's 1-1 in Invicta. And in a bantamweight bout, Serena DeJesus will face Tenacia Tennant. Both are making Invicta, their Invicta debuts. Serena is 27 years old. She trains at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. Her pro record is 1-0 but she has extensive amateur experience. Tanisha is 30 years old from Long Island, New York. She trains at Budokan with UFC fighter Randy Brown. She's 1-0 as a pro, but she's 3-0 as an amateur. Uh, as for the show itself, it's a mixed bag because Invicta hires too many retreads. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Kanako Murata. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. 
Anyways, that's it for today. We'll be back on Sunday with the um, three fights from the UFC show. Um, also, uh, the um, uh, SmackDown is tonight, so we'll have to wait and see what goes on at SmackDown. Okay? I don't expect anything to happen with the Kabuki Warriors till Monday. Okay, But, I mean, they haven't told us about the, what they're going to do with the tag team, women's tag team titles anyway, so and we'll have to wait and see. Okay. As I said, don't forget to check out those two videos at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any comments or questions, uh, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you later.